$5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SAVE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. The second show we did afterwards, I just felt like I didn't realize it was so many scenes with people on this fuck Claudia thing. And it was just hurtful, especially when they were poking fun at my sexual abuse. And it was just too raw for me, Carlos. And I'm, I just get tired of it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like I'm a good person and I just constantly get deemed this person that I'm not. Stay tuned. We'll get into my conversation with Claudia Jordan right after these quick ads. Welcome to Reality with the King. It's me, Carlos King, the king of reality TV and one of the most sought after executive producers in reality television with over 10 years of production experience. I've executive produced top-rated programs, such as eight seasons of The Real Housewives of Atlanta. Additionally, I have created shows such as Netflix's Styling Hollywood, OWN's number one-rated Love and Marriage franchise, and TV One's Hollywood Divas, just to name a few. Twice a week on Reality with the King, we'll sit down with my friends across the entertainment industry recap our favorite reality shows and revisit unforgettable moments that we are still talking and tweeting about. Hey, Raindrops. So look, on today's episode, I got my girl, Claudia Jordan. Yes! Now, you may know Claudia as the epic shade assassin on season seven of The Real Housewives of Atlanta, in addition to her work as a model, in addition to being on Celebrity Apprentice. In this episode, we get into how she was cast by me to be on The Real Housewives of Atlanta, how after her shade session with Nene, the one and only Nene Leakes actually vouched for Claudia to be a peach holder. And last but not least, Claudia gets very emotional because she talks about how Social media is really a place where people disrespect her, talk about her, and how she feels she is so misunderstood. Y'all, this was a very deep, personal, emotional, but also shady conversation with my girl, Claudia Jordan. Take a listen. Let me tell you guys how Claudia Jordan came into my life. So long story short, I was living in Los Angeles working on Hollywood Divas for TV One, and a mutual friend of ours said, you have to meet Claudia Jordan. Like, you just, you, you have to meet her. So 
I don't go out on the weekdays because I work, but for some reason, I went out on like a random Wednesday and I was at the Abbey, which is like, you know, the hottest gay spot in West Hollywood. And walked in was this angel in disguise named Claudia Jordan. <laughs> well, back it up a little bit. I had gotten let go from a job that day. I always get another job the day I get fired. Like, it's just, I don't stay unemployed for longer than 23 hours. That's kind of my thing. So the same day, a co- we have a couple mutual friends at the time. We were like, let's just go out and just drink. I started drinking and we met you and they said, you got to meet Carlos. And we just immediately clicked. You told me you were going to change my life, wanting to work with me. And I was like, are you serious? Like, I get told bullshit all the time. I mean, living in Hollywood, everyone tells you that they have the thing that's going to change your life. But you're the one of the few, two maybe, that actually came through. Within a month or two, I was at the True Entertainment Network in an interview. And they said, everyone loves you. How do we make this work? Listen, back when I was a producer on The Real Housewives of Atlanta, so many women stalked me to be on the show. And because I knew what that show needed, I would ignore all of them. <laughs> oh, wow. Because I was like, listen, it's a privilege to be on The Real Housewives of Atlanta. So when I met you, I didn't meet you thinking like, let me find a new housewife because we weren't looking, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So after the epic season of season six, my biggest thing was always Kenya Moore needs a friend. Because I always felt that Kenya was on her own when it came to her position on the show. And when you told me that you and Kenya Moore were friends, that's when it clicked me like, wait a second, this beautiful woman who is spicy like an enchilada and can have a good time, but she's organically connected to Kenya. Because that's the thing. You have to be connected to somebody on the show for it to make sense. So all of that made sense. And that's why I literally fought for you. But no shade to me. They didn't listen to me. So tell everybody how I wanted you to be a housewife. You met with the production company. They loved you. But when you started filming, they said you would be a friend to the show. They did. And, you know, I wasn't wealthy at the time. (laughs) Things have changed. I wasn't living in a mansion. I didn't have a public relationship. So they were like, we love you, but how do we make it work? It was weird because I told you before, I said, I'm friends with Kenya. I'm also cool with Portia. But it kind of caused an immediate thing when I got the Ricky Smiley show because everyone on the show also does Dish Nation. So they were in the middle of wrapping up her contract negotiation. Some people were trying to get me on Dish. Like, it, it was a weird three-week gap. Like, if I had gotten that call earlier, I would have been in. But it was just kind of weird. And I remember I said, if you come in through Kenya, they're going to hate you. If you come in through Porsche, it'll probably be easy for you. Who said that to you? Did we talk? Was it me and you that talked about it? Or was it someone else? I thought me and you talked about it. No, no. Remember, when I met you that night, I knew that you were friends with Kenya because after I met you at three o'clock in the morning on the West Coast time, mind you, Kenya lives in Atlanta, so it's six in the morning her time. I called Kenya like, bitch, I met Claudia Jordan and I'm finally going to make sure you have a friend this season. So I had no idea you knew Portia. Somebody, okay, so maybe it was someone at True. Someone said that. And me and Kenya didn't have a kind of friendship where we talk all the time. But when we do, it's like no time has ever gone by. Like we pick right back up. It is not a needy friend where, which I love low maintenance friendships. I'm there for you when you need me. If someone comes for you unfairly, I'm going to have your back. But I don't do your dirty work. She don't have puppet strings on my back. No one can put a puppet string on my back. If you haven't already figured that out, it ain't happening. But I was cool. I, I, I was cool with all of them. Nini and I have been cool. I did a job for her before. We've, like, I've been to this thing like, 
oh, this is a non-hostile situation for me. I'm cool. So yeah, I, I think they had Demetria slated to be a housewife at the time. And um, I was like, okay, cool. She's got the, you know, the rich boyfriend. She's definitely in the Atlanta scene. I'm not, you know, it is what it is. I was like, this is a cool little gig. I, I didn't watch it a lot. I just started watching it when Kenya got on. I didn't even go in thinking I was going to be a housewife. I wasn't trying. I was like, okay, whatever's meant to be will be. Stay tuned for more of my conversation with Claudia. We'll be right back after this quick break. This is Reality with the King, and I'm Carlos King. Let's get back into my conversation with Claudia. I wanted Claudia to be a housewife, a peach holder. Sometimes the requirement is wealthy lifestyle, relationship with the husband or boyfriend or fiance, and have a social scene in Atlanta. So although Claudia was friends with Kenya, she knew Portia, she knew Nene, I was disappointed when Claudia wasn't a peach holder. Listen, not to brag on myself, but I knew that she was the one. And I felt that because Demetria, who I like, and we all love Demetria, I never felt that Demetria was a housewife material because she never wanted to film with the ladies because they weren't her real friends. And when she did film with them, they hazed her in a way that was funny, but also was a little bit uncomfortable. And the one thing about Claudia that I always appreciated, like Candy loved you, Cynthia loved you, you were a easy fit. So I was disappointed until that stormy night in Puerto Rico. Oh my God. Claudia, talk to the girls and guys listening about when you were at that dinner table. This is like your first reality show in terms of ensemble. You did Celebrity Apprentice and all that, but this was your first reality show where it's a group of women. You know some of these people. What was going through your mind as that dinner conversation in Puerto Rico was happening? I was like, listen, I had requested a couple days off from the Ricky Smiley show, so I was happy. I just want to go to Puerto Rico to go hit the casinos, gamble, and drink some pina coladas. That's all I was there for. So when I'm at the dinner table, and it, like you said, how the ladies were kind of hazing Demetria, and I just was like, why are they picking on Demetria? They were kind of coming for her relationship. And I'm like, nobody at this table can talk. None of y'all can talk. So I, it wasn't really my business, but I'm very uncomfortable saying two-on-one, three-on-one. I thought that was rude. I, I had taken a liking to Demetria. So when they were just kind of making fun of her music career, but I'm like, She's made more money on her own than all of you, except for Candy. Like, knock it off. So I just thought that was really mean how they were coming for Demetria. And it just personally bothered me. Like, I was like, really? Is this what we're doing? So I said something. And that's when, oh, you have a brain? And I'm like, uh, you don't want this. I promise you, you don't, honey. You, you, you don't. And I know people are going to say, why are you still talking about this? Because Carlos King invited me on his podcast. No, let's be clear. No, I, I'm going to defend you really, really quickly. It's a very small couple of people on Twitter, which we know Twitter ain't the real world. It's, it's a fun playground <laughs> where you get to play dodgeball by dodging questions or tweets, or you get to play in the sandbox, right? So there's times people say to me, I mean, damn, Carlos, you left Housewives six years ago. Why are you still talking about it? Because, bitch, I'm the one <laughs> who made all of these great moments happen. So when I see y'all tweet about it, 
I want to play with y'all and have fun with it. So in terms of us talking about this moment, that moment is iconic because of you and Nene, period. And this is an opportunity for you to defend yourself because a lot of people felt that uh, Claudia came for the queen because she wanted a peach. I didn't care about a peach. I, I didn't get paid. Just so y'all know, I didn't go there for money. I was making money in the Ricky Smiley show. I was more booked than I had ever been. I did not sign my contract until the night before the reunion. And then I was able to negotiate for the one of the highest first years of any housewife ever in history. They offered me five figures and I got six. Just to be clear, most of the women got five figures their first season. I'm not going to say how much it was because it's none of, I'm not putting their business out there. So if I was that desperate for that, I would have signed immediately. I did not. I didn't. I was fine with it. Like, it wasn't like I had an agenda. I, I This all literally happened organically. Me, me and Carlos, I wasn't trying to get a housewife. So y'all can please stop with that. I wasn't, and I didn't have pre-rehearsed reads. I didn't really, I didn't follow Nini. I didn't watch her. But before we went to Puerto Rico, I did a Google search and I saw some of the conversations, but I don't pre-record or pre-rehearse reads. I'm very spontaneous, off the cuff. I work with Jamie Foxx for four years with real funny people. So for me, listen, it's one of those things that I feel like people hate you just to hate on you. You know, I think because you're a beautiful woman and you're sarcastic, you know how to read, you have a dark sense of humor. (laughs) (laughs) I think those are all the reasons why people hate you or love to hate you. But I always tell people this, when people hate you, they really love you secretly. And that's the reason why you have a lot of followers. Yeah, you know, but we also, I wonder the psyche of people that follow people that they say they don't like. You know what I mean? I do wonder about that. Um, I, I do think that the people that actually know me or get to know me, so many times I've heard, damn, I thought you were one way, but you're not. And a lot of times that's kind of just going with what people are saying on social media or getting someone else's opinion. But Nine times out of the 10, the people that don't like me haven't met me. You know what I mean? Because once they meet me, it's always like, yo, you a real one, or I didn't know, or, oh, TV makes you look like this. No, we're on a reality show, and you're a lot of times you're in, you're in situations you wouldn't normally be in. I wouldn't normally be at lunch with people that are hostile to me. So you're going to see an ugly side. You're going to see a different side. Or if you like the person that I'm arguing with, you're not going to like me just because you already have preconceived notions, or you're just riding for your favorite. But one thing about me you cannot say is that I'm a liar. You know, I, I'm very, what you see is what you get. Sometimes it takes five, six, seven years, but what I say usually comes to fruition and you're like, oh, she wasn't lying. Now, maybe my delivery is is very blunt. I get that from my grandma. I'm, I'm from a family of people that are like kind of low-key comedians and they don't really sugarcoat. We've never sugarcoated anything. And that's the kind of medicine that I like to receive. Give it to me straight. When I got to LA, I was so frustrated with how people talk in circles. Get to the fucking point. What, 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 what are you trying to say to me? And I think people especially, and I'm not, I'm not coming for the South, but there is a certain segment of the population that tries so hard to look like a good Christian publicly, a good classy woman, a Southern belle. And, and I'm not coming for one particular person. It's the culture. And when they, they package things in a sweet way, it's the equivalent of I went to a pageant uh, and Miss Georgia was my roommate. And she pinched my cheek and she said, bless your heart. And I didn't realize she was basically telling you, fuck you. It's like a down south, fuck you. You know, and so people outside looking in might say, why, why would you take offense to that? But I think the way people package things up to, to seem really sweet and kind and almost religious and biblical, but 
really they're saying or doing something that's really more sinister. So I'm my bad if I call it out. I'm really not for the fake. I'm just not for the fake. And it really bothers me. So maybe I'm in the wrong industry. And that's why I feel like I'm kind of swimming upstream sometimes. If you like honesty and you like people telling it like it is, then you're probably going to rock with me and you're going to be a Claudia Jordan fan. If you like things packaged that make you feel comfortable and sounds good or looks good, you're probably going to hate me. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Well, the thing about it is this. I'm a good judge of character and I went on record saying, I love you. I adore you. You and I have had arguments. Claudia caused a scene in the middle of West Hollywood and cussed me out. No, it cussed you out. You called Claudia. <laughs> it was not a cuss out. You don't yell. I never yell. But you yet. read. <laughs> I don't. I was I was just hurt. You know, I I the reality world, honestly, Carlos, like you said, it, it it's new to me. And um I just I get tired of feeling um misunderstood. And that's not your fault. Um, the second show we did afterwards, I just felt like I didn't realize it was so many scenes with people on this fuck Claudia thing. And it was just hurtful, especially when they were poking fun at my sexual abuse. And it was just too raw for me, Carlos. And um, I just get tired of it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like I'm a good person and I just constantly get deemed this person that I'm not. You know what I mean? So I'm sorry if it came off and I was coming for you because you definitely gave me opportunities. And I don't think you had wicked intent. But at the time, I felt like, damn, another one. You know what I mean? Like another opportunity to be seen in a different light. And I, I thought I was. And then when I saw all the scenes, it was like, I never had beef with Jennifer Williams or reason to. And then this entire show, I'm a whore, I'm a bitch, I'm a this. I'm like, you partnered up with my ex-husband to get our annulment papers to make me look crazy that never got shot in the show on the show. And it just was like, I just felt like my I still wasn't getting, um, you know, uh, people weren't able to still see, see me. And I apologize because you are someone that I, you're one of my favorite people. You really are. And it really sucked that for like a couple of years, we really weren't, you know, kikiing and talking, but it was just too raw for me. You know what I mean? Coming off of Housewives and I honestly had, um, I honestly had anxiety every Sunday when I would watch a show. Me and Cynthia would be on the phone and we, you guys would send us the episode so we could write our, our blogs. But I was like, I go on the show with all, you know, good intent. I get deemed a colorist, uh, a slut. You don't, like, when you're a victim of any kind of abuse in your life and then people use that as their Achilles, they keep hitting you, that's your Achilles heel, it really fucks with you. I felt really fucked up afterwards. And I'm like, wow. A lie about me just got magnified by Nini and then her fans just to win an argument. And you know it's not true. You know what I mean? Like, you can't show me where I've shown horrid behavior ever in my life. Show me where I fuck with someone's husband. Show me where I've been a gold digger. Show me when I, a period of my life when I have not worked hard for every single penny. I just want, I have a Bentley, a car. I, I have a, a, I started a production company. I'm producing plays. This is all by myself. And that's not a flex. Well, yeah, it is a flex because I'm proud of what I did. I did it by myself. No man helped me. I've paid every single phone bill and car payment and rent payment and mortgage payment. And then to feel like someone could just be in a scene and just say something to you just to win a scene knowing it's not true, that shit hurts me because people repeat it. I had 14-year-old boys in my DMs that are fans of my ops that are repeating these things. And it was like a thousand death by a thousand little cuts. You know what I mean? So then the second chance on the next 15, I was like, okay, I can clean that up. And then to see people that I had no reason to have any beef with made it their storyline 
to just deem me this evil person. It just wasn't true. No, and listen, you don't have to apologize to me at all. I appreciate it, but you don't need to. I wish people can see you because you're you're crying and you're emotional. And one thing about being on reality TV is it's not all glitz and glamour. It's not all funny games. And the reason why I do have this podcast is because it is an opportunity for me to share my show with people like you who I do feel like are misunderstood because even after, and listen, I'm, I'm of course poking fun about an argument. It was definitely a hurtful situation because I did feel like, damn, Claudia, I always have your back. Like, I always fight for you because I, I think you're so underrated. So were my feelings hurt? Absolutely. And you and I did not talk for a while because of this. But yeah. I never stopped loving you because for me, I tell people this all the time. I do not know what it feels like to share my personal life on TV. And when people tweet you nasty things, it's one thing to get it from the cast because that's just how you know certain shows are built. Mm-hmm. But it's one thing to have to get that from millions of people as well. And I, I have known you for, oh my gosh, over 10 years. I've never seen you cry. I cry a lot, Carlos, but people don't see it. And I think people think because you can read a bitch, that means your heart is cold. No, I can read because it's a defense mechanism. It's like, I have no choice. I'm the only one that's like fighting for me that I see, right? So uh, when you get these attacks, you can't just sit there and look dumb. Then you like got red and you're humiliated. So it's like, you know, you just, I'm defensive. I am defensive. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, it... it it is hard when you have never had, I had no negativity on my Instagram ever, maybe one or two a month, you know, but I also had like 60,000 followers Then I got on Housewives, it like multiplied. And then it became like, you're a bitch, you're a hoe, you're ugly, you're not pretty, you're, you're this and you're, you ain't shit and you can't get a man. And you might be going through something with your relationship. So that should be stinging when you're actually going through a situation where you're having an issue with your relationship. And I just want people to just be more conscious of the things they say. And I know people might say, well, you host a show where you talk gossip. Yes, we talk headlines. And one thing you're not doing, you're not taking um, shade someone's throwing for the sake of a sport and double downing on it on your show by constantly talking about it. It's a difference. If you're a celebrity and you're going through a scandal, all bets are off because what you're doing is what the white press is doing. And what bothers me is, because you are a journalist, yeah. is when a black journalist talks about a black celebrity, mm-hmm. then they're called like, oh my gosh, you're messy. So I'm with you there. But to shift gears back to Puerto Rico, honey, a lot of people felt that you rehearsed your reads to Nini. Oh, please. I don't have the memory to rehearse. Um, I, it was very, I didn't expect her to come for me on that trip. So I, I, didn't, I wasn't prepared. Like, oh, if she says this, I'm going to say that. I, I didn't know if she was going to say spaghetti. And I said, spaghetti, you need to have left spaghetti or diet. Uh, I went to college. College? What, college? what school was that? Spell bridesmaids. Like, I, I didn't know she was going to say that stuff. So everything I said was a reaction to what she said. So how could I rehearse that? How can you rehearse something that you did not know was going to happen? And that's the beauty of that trip. I have produced that show up until that point. That was season seven. So I was on there for, yeah, up until then. So it wasn't like you even knew that was going to happen because as the producer of the show... That season, we thought it was going to be Demetria versus Phaedra and then maybe Nene versus Kenya or Cynthia because that was the season that Cynthia and Nene were on the outs. 
the only thing you did was open your mouth and say, oh my gosh, are we, are we, not even to Nini. If you guys watch the freaking scene, Claudia says, oh my gosh, are we the collective? Are we really doing this? And that's when Nini took it upon herself to, to direct it towards you. That's called common sense, people. How can you rehearse something that you did not know was going to happen? I, I just was appalled that, that Nini and Phaedra being very mean to, to, to Demetria. And Demetria didn't do anything to, to warrant that. She was kind of minding her own business, trying to be, you know, being protective of her relationship. She wasn't popping off to anyone. She wasn't being disrespectful. So for them to sit there and make fun of her singing career, her music, her relationship. Um, last I checked, she's the best singer in the group. Uh, that's no shade to Candy at all, because I love Candy. But I'm just saying, like, she's a great singer. She's a great actress. She's uh, independent, and she has done it on her own. So I don't know why they were being so mean. I think people, I, I just think we're in a world now where bad is good and good is bad. The women that are out here getting money by ill-begotten ways, okay, um, we, we champion them. Oh, but that's my bitch. She's getting her bread. Who cares? The women that are out here working their ass off and may not have the same bags, the same cars, or the same whatever, or it may take a little bit longer to get there, but they're getting it with their on their own merits. We demonize them. We overlook them. We, we dismiss them. They're whatever. Do you know how hard it is to stay in this business 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years, and you did it on your own talent and merit without fucking someone for a gig? You know how hard that is? And women like myself and Demetria have been that. You should be, these are the kind of women you should want your daughters to aspire to be like. Now, yes, I have a potty mouth and, and Demetria doesn't, but my, my core and my values are good. Like I'm pro-woman. I'm like, yo, go get it, sis. I'm always celebrating other women on my page all the time. But why do women like us are so quick to be written off? But a woman that takes a shortcut, y'all love that. And then you talk about protect black women. I think people are full of shit. We say one thing out the one side of our neck and then really what we're really about is, is not being represented. And I just wish we could get back to where good is good and bad is bad. But we're rewarding bad behavior. So why would people stop doing it? I do feel like the universe of reality lovers and just pop culture community, they really don't know who you are. Because after that read session that you and Nini had, you were fine. You laughed at it and you went back to your hotel room and went to sleep. And what people don't know, and I may have said this before to other people, but I'll say it now. What people don't know is after that scene between you and Nene having the read fest, Nene came up to me and said, y'all chose the wrong bitch. Claudia should be a housewife, not Demetria, because Claudia kept her cool and she went toe-to-toe -to -toe with me, and I respect the bitch. And that's when I said to myself, self, bitch, you know how to produce a show, and you know talent <laughs> when you see it. So because of Nene, real talk, because Nene said that to me, that gave me the clearance to fight again for Claudia being a housewife, because up until then, she was a friend to the show. And weeks after that Puerto Rico trip is when the collective agreed to make Claudia a housewife. And because of that, unfortunately, we had to work backwards to populate scenes mm -hmm. so that you could see Claudia's full life. So unfortunately, I always felt that you were never given the opportunity 
to express your real life because you weren't a peach holder until a few weeks before we wrapped the season. And Andy has said that publicly as well. He said she never got a fair shake. He had some people on the show and they said who should come back. And, and a few people said me. And he said she never really was given a fair shot. And again, I, I, I people said if she has no storyline. She was broke. No, I'm open. I had had my furniture delivered from New York. It took 17 days. So the first 15 days we being in Atlanta, y'all saw an empty apartment. And so we bought some Ikea stuff just to be funny. I don't mind poking fun of myself. I didn't think y'all would take it as I'm broke. I don't got it going on. I was working on a nationally syndicated radio show that had 8 million listeners. I was booked every single weekend. I was working, but like the narrative from y'all, not you, but the fans, is she's broken. She had no storyline. If you wait, if you have four months of filming and the last three, four weeks, you're scrambling to kind of get something on camera, you're not going to really get the full picture. You're not going to get what I was going through. You're not going to get my adjustment into Atlanta and all my friends and my life. So, yeah, I understand what y'all think, but that's just not the case. And I, I you know, I probably should have agreed and come back when they offered me to come back as a friend of the show to re-earn my peach. But honestly, I was going through uh, getting uh, my my contract not getting renewed at Ricky Smiley's show. I was going through a breakup. Everything happened in the same week, and I was hurt. I, my heart hurt, you guys. As much as y'all think I'm this hardcore, strong bitch, I'm really sensitive. I'm sensitive. I'm a sensitive person. I have a heart. It breaks constantly, but I have to put on a strong face publicly for what I do. So I honestly was like, let me just go back to L.A. where I'm familiar with. I know, you know, Atlanta. Okay, I I got love for it, but I'm out. And I left and I did a show with you and then I did a talk show. So what's funny is the show you talked about that we did together after Housewives was the next 15 on TV one, Mm -hmm. which unfortunately, and I will go on record saying this, that show was a hit of its time. It was. And it's funny because so many people now rewatch clips and post clips, and the fans are like, what show is this? How did I miss this? Yeah. It, it was under the radar, unfortunately. That show was so funny that even Jesse Smollett texts you and Karamo, because y'all were friends at the time. I forgot what he said, but he was like, bitch. Like, he was like, he loved this show. He goes, I cannot not watch this show. Like, he was a huge fan of the show. He really was. And I forgot exactly what he said after that, but... Yeah, he said something like, you two are fools. I love it. And then you two asked him to, like, tweet about it because we needed the ratings because it was on TV One and a lot of people did not um, know where the show was. Mm -hmm. And I remember him saying to you guys something along the lines of, allegedly, (laughs) that if he tweeted about the show, it would, like, taint his career or something. Oh, yeah. Jesse. Now, Jesse, you should have just put the tweet out because I I think you would have been fine. (laughs) Yes. And what's interesting, though, is a lot of celebrities are now coming out of the woodworks praising reality TV. So I'm with them. I'm like, Jesse, like, I know Empire is the number one show on TV at that time, but I don't think your career is ruined if you tweet that you're watching reality TV. I never understood why certain celebrities think that way. I never understood that. You know, everyone wants to be grander than they are and just, you know, everyone, everything. So I can't, my brand, my brand. I need people to retire the damn word brand. I'm so sick of it. Everybody with an Instagram don't have a brand. Not saying Jesse does not, but it's just like my brand, this, my brand, that. My Your friends are on the show and you like it. Keep it a buck. What's wrong with that? Listen, I watch Maury Povich and Jerry Springer all the time. People say that's trash TV. That shit is funny as hell. I love it. And I've guest hosted on Maury and I will do it again. 
Like, just, just, I just need people to stop being so fake. If you like something, you like it. Be unapologetically you. So you now live in Dallas. Yeah. Real Housewives of Dallas has been put on hold. Would you ever return to the Real Housewives? And if so, would you be open to doing Dallas? Absolutely. I feel like I didn't. I went into Housewives very green. You know what I mean? And now I know the game. Not that I want to be all fake and I don't. I still want to be authentic, but I know a little bit better. Like okay, get a little bit more glam, or you know what this scene really. How someone can hijack a scene? Because I went in there really like. No, I'm really trying to fix this problem. And then the girl on the other side of the table is like, I'm just trying to make you look stupid and read you. And I'm like, oh, I didn't really realize. I thought we was being real, but we're not. Okay, got it. Um, I would definitely do it. And I did have an interview with Real Housewives of Dallas when I first got Fox. Like, I was in L.A., did a Zoom call with them, and I was— um, Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. You auditioned to be on the Real Housewives of Dallas? I didn't know this. Yeah, they called—the production folks—so uh, I was hanging out with um, Deandra. We hung out a couple times. And um, I think they were trying to bring a little diversity to the show. So we hung out a few times and she was like kind of fighting for me. And so I had a Zoom meeting. But honestly, the day of the Zoom meeting, I just got Fox Soul. So I was literally commuting from Dallas to L.A. Monday morning, going on the air Monday night and leaving Friday. So I was like, well, I can only give you the weekends and maybe a Wednesday. And they were like, eh, they had asked for pictures of my guy's house, my place. Like, we had gotten that far. So then when that couldn't happen, it was like they moved on. And they had been talked to a bunch of black women in Dallas. Listen, it is a huge mistake that the Dallas franchise did not tap into the black women in Dallas. When I tell you I've never been in a city where the black women are so successful, way more successful than their men. They, these women own trucking companies, they own lines, they, they are interior designers, they run nonprofits. And I say money, this ain't no entertainment money where let me look like I'm, I have money and I, and I rent designer clothes. Um, these are people- Shade. Yeah, your friend. Anyways, um, these are people that actually buy stuff. They don't ask for hookups. They have, actually have money, not just money, but it's like they actually have real businesses. You know what I mean? So um, they're missing a huge opportunity. They're sassy. They're funny. They talk shit. And we all are friends. There's a group of us that's like we have Dee Dee McGuire, who's like one of the few black women in syndicated radio that's gaining markets like every single month. We've got my girl Aisha that I told you about. She's dating a drum or he's drum with Katy Perry. We've got my girl uh, uh, Tony Grant, who has the VJ label. She's got in her man. They got a trucking company. They're cool. They're like country, country, country. But now they got money, so they always in Versace. So this shit is so funny. We all have gambling problems. Like there's a cool <laughs> group of people down here. We've talked about it. They're missing a huge opportunity, but that's okay, Carlos, because we're gonna do um, Alpha Women Dallas. Yes, let the girls know. <laughs> Listen, I would love any opportunity to work with you again. You are a fantastic reality star. You really are. I think you're funny. You're beautiful. You. You're, you, 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 you have this presence on camera that I just think is, is, is a gift. I enjoy you for taking time out of your very busy schedule, being a host of so many shows on Fox Soul. I'm so proud of you. Follow her at, at Claudia Jordan on Twitter and Instagram. And you never know, you just may see that beautiful <laughs> face again on TV. So thank you, Claudia. <laughs> Thank you, Carlos. Love you, Carlos. I'm glad we got to do this. That conversation with Claudia truly was magnificent. 
and meaningful. What I love about it is, look, y'all know I love y'all on Twitter. I love y'all on Instagram. Y'all can read me all day long, and I don't give a damn. (laughs) I really don't care. But I'm also not a reality star. And what you guys don't understand is it takes a lot of courage and bravery to put your life out there and be judged by the world. So when y'all say negative things about these housewives or reality stars, it really does affect them. When it comes to Claudia Jordan, the woman that I know, she's super strong, she's super funny, and she can take a lot. I have never seen Claudia get that emotional, and I have known her for, oh my gosh, more than 10 years. I really do hope that you guys give these reality stars a little bit of a break with the mean comments, because it does affect them. They're not perfect. They are really showing you guys what it's like to be imperfect, what it's like to make mistakes, what it's like to live your real life in front of the camera. And yes, they're doing it for our entertainment and enjoyment. But please, take some time out to at least show a little bit of respect to these reality stars we love to watch every single night. Because as you just listened to with Claudia, it does affect them. And not only does it affect them, it really affects them in an emotional place. And they were all about protecting black women and protecting people with mental health. Then we have to put our foot where our mouth is and apply that to the mean tweets that we do. Thoughts, opinions, reads about my conversation with Claudia? Email me at realitywiththeking at stitcher.com or leave me a voicemail at 310-593-8188. Thank you for listening to Reality with the King. New episodes drop every Wednesday and Friday. Share, comment, follow, and subscribe to Reality with the King wherever you get your podcast. Visit realitywiththeking.com and be sure to follow me at thecarlosking underscore on Instagram and Twitter. Reality with the King is a production of More Sauce by Stitcher. It is executive produced by me, Carlos King, and Jasmine Henley-Brown. We are also produced by Sierra Spragley-Ricks, engineering and music by Marcus Ham. More Sauce.